Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by Ace Hardware. Ace, the helpful place. Hello, Jim. Welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Thank you. I love your show, Jim. Thank you. Um, my question is around uh, some floor tile. Um, I've been in this house two years, and I've got some cracked floor tile. Uh, they don't manufacture the tile anymore. Is there somewhere I can go that can tell me where I can find the closest match to that tile? You know, really, it's going to be any tile store, because I don't know of any place that carries uh, old inventory of tiles like that. You know, some of the bricks, some of the brickyards do, but tiles, yeah. uh, I just haven't heard of any place. But check with the floor and decor, because they okay. carry a huge stock of tiles in, in-house, in stock, uh, and they can hopefully match it up with I'll something check, they have right I'll there. Check with the, I'll check with them. You know, some of the big box stores, you know, how they can your paint and, uh, you know, to tell you what paint it is, yep. or, you know, and stuff. I just wondered if there was, a, you know, some software program or something that would match up your, you know, your tile. I know who the manufacturer is and so forth, but... Uh, oh, well, if you know the manufacturer, uh, if you'll go into like Floor and Decor, tell them who the manufacturer is. A lot of times they can pull out the books and see what, and see, you know, if they can match the, you'll need to know the exact size. I mean, I, I'm I'm assuming you don't have one available to take. Yeah, them, I do. Correct? No, I do. There was a oh, piece man. of a box. There was about four or five tiles in a okay. piece of a box in the garage, but they don't manufacture the tile anymore. Yeah. So. But if you'll take that with you, uh, they can they can find something that is as close a match as they can get. So floor and decor. Yep. Okay. I appreciate you very much, sir. You bet. Take care. Okay. I have a question about radiant barriers. Uh-huh. Um, I've heard two different ways to apply them. One is to spray the backside of the decking of the roof. Yep. And the other is to put the sheet from post to post and then put an exhaust fan. Okay. So I wanted to know, and I already have blown-in insulation in my attic. What would be the best way, or even do I need radiant barriers? Well, what radiance barrier, what a radiant barrier will do is it blocks the heat transfer from coming in, the radiant heat. And both cases that you talked about are correct, a spray-on or a foil type. Now, the spray-on will typically block up to about 65% of the radiant heat from coming through and what that does is it allows your insulation to do a better job on keeping the heat in the attic from getting into the living space. Foil type barriers will typically block 95% of the radiant heat and so if you put the foil on the uh, roof rafters like they were talking about and then you put a fan up top you're pulling up through the rafters above the radiant barrier the heat and taking it out the roof. The third option that you didn't bring up is a multi-layer radiant barrier that can lay on the attic floor like a blanket on top of your insulation so it keeps the heat that gets in the attic from penetrating the insulation and and allows your insulation to work better. Uh, Typically for a lot of people the foil type 
is the easier install because they don't have the equipment to, to do the paint on type. And the thing with the paint on types are if it's not mixed properly and sprayed properly and all that stuff, you won't get that 65% radiant blockage. With a foil type, it's 95% because it's all pre-done already. It's any place you hang that, you're blocking 95% of that radiant barrier. So to answer your question in short, yes, every home that is exposed to sunlight should have a radiant barrier in it. If you're all covered with shade trees, that's where it won't do you any good. Bill, this is Jim. How can I help you? Well, my wife and I have lived in this house for uh, 40 years, and we've both smoked heavily. And uh, we've quit smoking. And uh, our kids tell us they can smell the cigarette smoke when they walk up to the front door. Now, I think that'll be a problem when we try to sell this house. We're both in our late 70s. Uh, is there a way, a service or equipment or something that can be used to uh, get that uh, cigarette odor out of the house? Well, I think the kids ought to invite you over to their house more often, and then they wouldn't have to worry about it. <laughs> That's uh, there is an easy way to take care of it. Uh, really, if once you paint the walls... You're going to seal it up, and and it's and as far as the walls are concerned and the ceilings, it's gone. The place where a lot of times this the odor gets into is the carpet. Yeah. And in order to get it out of that, you're just going to have to have a good thorough cleaning of the carpet. Well, uh, Dalworth, Dalworth can do that. Dalworth, okay. Yeah. And okay, on the well, walls, line, and I've found some things where they want to rent or sell you a machine with charcoal filters in it, about nine hundred dollars plus shipping. Yeah, nah. I mean, you can do that, but all that's going to take is what's in the air. It doesn't take care of what got on, you know, the nicotine buildup that's on the walls and in the carpet and and all that stuff. Uh, a good thorough cleaning with of the carpet and the painting, and the painting, and painting. will will seal it up. Yep. Okay. Uh, on surfaces like uh, wood, we have I have a lot of wood. I've I've got that old 1974 paneling in the house, and I've got uh -huh. uh, uh, varnished or lacquered wooden cabinets too. Does those need to be cleaned with TSP or something like that? You can, but I'll tell you something that'll clean them up better. Take everything off of them and really shine them up to look like new again. Take a mixture of boiled linseed oil and mineral spirits. And just mix it up about 50-50. Use a double-knot steel wool to apply it. And that, and that way, any any dirt that's on there or any buildup comes off. And then you wipe it cl clean with a, uh, a clean cloth. Any scratches and imperfections that have been there for years, you're going to see it. it's going to disappear. The paneling will come out, and door cabinets and everything will come out looking like new. The The only cautionary thing i got to tell you is once you're done wiping it down with the uh, double-knot steel wool and those cloths, do not put them in a plastic bag. They need to be left to air dry and everything because if you put them in a plastic bag and seal it up, they okay. actually can catch fire. Okay, now that's linseed oil and mineral spirits. Now, what is mineral yeah, spirits? Bo boil boiled linseed oil 
and mineral spirits. What is mineral spirits? I ought to know that. Well, it's... uh, Not like turpentine or something like that? Basically, yeah. You'll find it in the paint department. You'll find both of those in the paint department. uh, Your local Ace Hardware or box stores or any place. Okay, uh, boil linseed oil and mineral spirits and wipe yep, it off with, uh, mix. say, steel wool? Yeah, double knot steel wool, the, the d- double zero steel wool. Okay. And now one, one other thing on it, as you're using it, the mineral spirits will tend to evaporate, and so the, the mixture will start becoming a little thick and kind of gummy-like. Just uh-huh. add a little bit of mineral spirits to thin it out again and keep going. Okay. Well, it sounds like the main thing I need to do is paint the inside of the house, ceilings and walls. Yep. And uh, have a, a, a good company like Dalworth to come out and tell them what you want. And, uh, yep. So you get the stuff out of it. And they'll take care of it. Okay. Well, I thank you, my friend. I enjoy your program. Hey, Bill. Happy Father's Day. Thank you. Same to you, my friend. Bye-bye. Yep. Bye-bye. Shelly, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Hi, Jim. How are you today? I'm doing wonderful. How about you? Good, thanks. Um, I have a question about um, something in my shower, but first I'd just like to say I had the pleasure of meeting Johan this week, and he helped me out with my um, foundation and just wanted to say thank you very much. Isn't he good? Yes. yes. And I, 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 I like to brag better. about him being he's my kid, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, anyway, my question today is um, in my shower I had a – a tub combo, and I converted it to just a shower. So I have a tile down in there. And this is about two years ago um, that I did the conversion. And uh-huh. uh, there's a crack in the grout, and there's some mold. And this is right on the floor um, where it, uh, the floor Where the floor and wall meet. Yeah. And yeah. now I had some mold growing. And I just wanted to find out what I need to do about that. You know, the best thing to do is, one clean it up real good you know you use right. some of the the products to kill the molds scrape out as much of the grout as you can and they okay. make little scrapers for doing that okay. and then rather than going back with grout use a siliconized caulk that has a mold inhibitor in it uh okay so do that over whatever grout is left in there yeah because by the time you sc- scrape everything out uh, you're going to have it low enough that you'll be able to uh, put the caulking over it with no problem. Okay, and um, but you got to so clean it up I, good and 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 you know kill what's there first. Right. So should I? Because um, it doesn't run. So the floor where the the mold's growing is probably two and a half feet long from corner to corner. So okay. Should I, Take the grout out that whole yes. long way. Yes. Okay. Even though yeah, there's not mold the whole way. Okay. Yeah. Even though there's not mold the whole way, it's coming. So okay. Why? You know, truthfully, when when a shower like that is done, they ought to be using caulking in all the corners, anyways, because they're gonna crack. That's just the nature, the nature of the the way construction is done, because the building materials expand and contract with the temperature and moisture changes. They got no give to it at all. Well, on the wall, the grout is fine, and on the floor, it's fine. In those corners, though, materials are pulling in two different directions. They crack every time. Okay. Now, they did use the grout, I mean, the um, uh, caulking uh, in the corners on the wall, 
Oh, good, because I was going to make that suggestion next anyways. Yeah, yeah. they just didn't okay. on the floor. So I, so. I had never seen it on the floor. So, okay, so just go over it with some, uh, what do you call it again? Some, with mold Siliconized mold inhibiting Silic- caulk. Yeah. Siliconized mold inhibiting. Okay. It's just, okay. It's, just a, it's just a caulking that has some silicone in it. And, uh, and the Got whole it. purpose of the silicone, that gives it some give as the materials expand and contract. Okay. And, well, then I'm guessing maybe I should do it on all four yes. uh, corners. Of yep, all the, the, all the way around. The okay, perfect. I'll do that. Thank you so much. You bet, Shelly. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Gunther, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Yes, Mr. Dutton. Thank you for taking my call. My pleasure. I, uh, recently had some pretty extensive foundation work done, and uh, I had 43 piers put in around my house. Uh-huh. And... Uh, I uh, have a crack that transverses the house uh, quite quite a bit on the interior of the home, and and uh, in some spots that that crack is as much as you know three quarters of an inch wide, Ooh. even after the foundation work. Yes, sir. And uh, so, um, having already had the foundation corrected and and, and all that, I, I need to patch that so that I can lay flooring. And I was wondering if you had a recommendation on how to patch that crack. When was this house built? Uh, it was built in 54. Okay, because it has a reinforcing problem yes, uh, sir. Yes, for sir. the, for the crack to get that wide. Yeah. Yes, sir. That's what was explained to me. Yes, sir. Yeah. And, and I'll be on all the foundation repair in the world won't fix a crack like that. I mean, yes, all sir. a foundation company can do is up and down. You can. Yes, they make a regular ep- epoxy for, for uh, doing concrete work like that. Okay. Uh, if uh, is this something you want to do yourself, or you want to hire somebody? I prefer to do it myself, sir. Okay. Where you can get the material is a place called White Cap. W H I T E. Cap C A P. And uh, wh- where are you located? I'm uh, I'm 40 miles south of Wichita Falls, in a really small town, which south of Wichita Falls. Okay, not a problem because White Cap ships stuff all the time. Uh, you can go okay. online and look at their stuff, and you're just looking for a concrete patch, it, uh, an epoxy concrete patch, crack repair. Okay. And right. it'll come in. It'll come in a tube. You and you'll you'll end up having to get probably this the uh, the double tube caulking gun. Okay. And basically, it it has a mixing tip that mixes the two parts together as you're filling the cap, and with a three quarter inch wide gap. You're going to end up putting some sand in there first and then filling it with the epoxy. But okay. it'll it'll have all the instructions for that. But that that's what you're looking for. Okay. Very good. Thank you, sir. Gunther, good luck with that. Doreen, welcome to WBAP. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. My pleasure. I am a first-time painter. Okay. I've never painted before, and I need... I tried to go into the home improvement places, and I didn't get much help. Um, what I need to know is, do you have to wash the walls before you paint? Do you, do you have to do anything special before you paint? You painting inside or out? Inside. Okay, on the inside walls, you want to make sure that there there's not a lot of dust and, and stuff on them. So, you know, typically you'll wipe them down, and I'm assuming you're painting just sheetrock, Correct. No, it's it's uh, already been painted. I just need to paint over what's there. Right. That's what I'm saying. It's the sheetrock walls that you're painting. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, just wipe them down to make sure there's no dust on them or anything. Because, uh, you know, and cobwebs and all that kind of stuff. Beyond that, you're good to go. I don't have to prime them or anything like that? Uh, what color are the existing walls? White. Okay. And what color are you going to paint? Probably a white or an off-white. Nope. No primer needed. Okay. If it's, if you okay, had, like, like my daughter's room that I just painted two weeks ago, she had a lime green wall. There was the, the, I, I, I was fearful that that would bleed through. I went ahead and primered that wall. But when you got neutral colors like that, you can go straight over it with new paint. The only caution I have for you, the cheaper the paint you get, the more likely it is that you need two coats. Ah. And a I lot of times people that. don't realize that there is a difference in the paints. Uh, you, you can get paint for as little as you know 20 bucks a gallon. When I painted uh, my daughter's room a couple weeks ago, the paint was $65 a gallon. Wow. And that was because I wanted to have a good paint that's going to be durable, washable, and I don't have to worry about redoing this now for the next 15 years. Okay. And and, and really, if you think about it, I mean, are you painting the whole house or a couple rooms, or what are you doing? Just a couple rooms. Okay, so you buy, you know, two or three gallons of paint or like I did I bought five gallons uh, I just bought a five gallon bucket uh, yeah that was a little over three hundred dollars versus spending a hundred and fifty dollars in painting again in five years true that's true okay um, what what about if there's grunge and and I'm not even sure what's on the wall does that do you still have to clean them or can you prime over them? Yeah. What did you say that was on there? It looks like um, maybe like soil from uh, maybe being feet being put on the wall, something like that. Okay. If there's dirt or anything on the wall, you want to clean that off. What would you clean it with? Just water. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you don't and have to use anything special. Okay. Is there is there any special um, brushes or rollers you, or anything? I'm, I'm glad you asked that because I was going to bring that up to you if you didn't. The brushes can make a huge difference on how the job comes out for you. Again, don't get the dirt cheapest brush you can find. I mean, you can get a brush for two dollars. Uh, normally, the brushes I like to use if if I'm doing a single or trimming out and stuff like that. I'll use about a two and a half inch angled cut brush. Okay. And it'll run you about twelve to thirteen dollars. When you're finished, make sure you clean it real good because it will be reusable time and time again. For okay. a roller, get get a uh, a a heavy nap. You know, it, well, what what's the texture on the walls first? It's it's got a bumpy texture. It's not a smooth wall. Okay. Get a heavy nap. And the best rollers are the sheepskin rollers. And they okay. will cost you a little extra, but if you'll wash that when you're done and you just keep washing it until no paint no paint color is coming okay. in the water anymore, those sheepskin rollers will last you for years. Okay. Okay. Um, any particular brand of paint better than a, another one? 
Well, uh, the two that I use mostly is Valspar and Sherwin-Williams. And a funny thing, I mean, those were the two that I've, I've used for years. And he, right now, they're in the process of merging together. Oh, well, cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, and Valspar the, is available at, uh, you can get that at Ace Hardware. You can get it at uh, Lowe's. Uh, and then Sherwin-Williams, they have their own standalone stores. Okay. Um, any any specific uh, thing that you have to do the window sills? On the window sills, you'll use either an oil-based paint or a trim paint that has a uh, an accolade in it that makes the paint harder than the regular latex paint is. A lot of a lot of paint stores, a lot of paints are going away from the oil-based paints. And they're just okay. putting a hardening agent into the paint instead. Uh, I still personally like the oil base better, but I'll tell you the cleanup and everything on those on the on the newer paints is much easier. Okay. Because if you use the if you use an oil based paint when you're cleaning the roller, well, you won't be rolling on trim, but when you're cleaning your brushes, you're having to use huh. mineral spirits or lacquer thinner to clean the brushes. And, no. you know, that that's just a pain where if you use the uh, the newer trim paints, you can just use water for cleanup. Yeah, because that was going to be one of my questions, too, is like, what do you clean this stuff with? But if I can do it with soap and water, that would be great. Now, you know, truthfully, though, if you're not using the mineral spirits, you, you're missing out on some of the most fun times of painting. That's the cleanup <laughs> where you kick back when you're done and, oh, wow, that was a great job. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> oh, you got no idea. I used to, I used to re- redo and paint some vehicles in 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 the shop in the garage. That was that was the worst. You just you don't need make sure, if you're using any of the mineral spirits and stuff. Make sure it's well ventilated. Yeah. Okay. That was the other question. That was one of the questions. Okay. Now with with the heat and whatnot coming mm-hmm. on, the house has been closed because we got air conditioning. Do I have to open the open the windows or anything like that nowadays with the way the paints are not really okay yeah that was the other question is the ventilation and stuff yeah i have to do that i think i've asked all my questions unless you have something that can tell me something that i've missed well i'm gonna ask you a personal question yes are you married no you got a boyfriend no (sighs) I was going to tell them they need to get their butts over there and do this for you. Well, I, 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 well, it, well actually, that's another. Thank you for bringing that up. That was another <laughs> question. Okay, um, would it be cheaper or? E- well, I know it's easier, but less expensive for me to do it as opposed to hiring somebody to do it. Absolutely. Because, truthfully, painting is the best do-it-yourself project you can get into, and and here's a couple tricks for you. I don't care what way you're going on with the paints. When you're done, drag everything in the same direction. If you're using a brush, always drag everything, uh, you know, whether it's up or down, drag it in the same direction when you're finished, you know, as you're finishing with that spot. Uh When you're rolling the paint on, one of the biggest mistakes people make is they try to roll it on too thin. If you hear the paint sounding like Velcro as you're putting your roller up and down, you don't have enough paint on your roller, get more paint on it. And after you've got the paint on a, a like a three-foot-wide section of the wall, 
drag it from top to bottom so that you're pulling everything in the same direction. That keeps the okay. sheen when you look at it when it's dry all going the same way. Okay. Okay. That's good to know. I think I don't think I have any more questions unless you bring something up that I forgot. Well, I just have to real quick since you since you're not married and you don't have a boyfriend, you know, when I met my wife, she had a house. Now, this was 30, oh, man, I'm going to be in trouble now, The 33, four years ago, something like that. And her garage wasn't finished off. It had sheetrock, but it hadn't been taped and floated. She was so impressed because I was able to come in there, tape and float her garage, and paint it for her. That's how I ended up getting married. <laughs> well, that's cool. That's, that's, that's very nice. So that's how you move up in life. You got to find somebody who appreciates yeah. your talents. Doreen, nice. you have a great weekend. If you have any other questions on that, feel free to call me. I would. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the information. You no problem. Bye bye. Now, I had a couple of calls yesterday on the show uh, talking about you know woodwork in the house and cabinets and different things like that, and it, it brought to mind. And I, did, and I did give this as an answer yesterday, but there's a lot of homes out there that got front doors, back doors, the, the uh, paneling, and uh, kitchen cabinets, all these things that don't typically get any attention until they really start looking bad. And if, you're, if you've got, you know, little scratches in these woods uh, on kitchen cabinets, you got buildup of... <laughs> of grime from cooking and, and things like that. There is a mixture you can make yourself. You use boiled linseed oil and mineral spirits. Mix it 50-50. Use a double knot steel wool, which is just a zero-zero steel wool, to scrub it down. You just dip the steel wool in it, scrub it down. You got to be careful that you don't scrub too hard to take finish off. Really, all you're looking to do is clean the surface. The mineral spirits will clean it. The linseed oil soaks in, refreshes it. You'll be amazed at how well this will redo not only the cabinets and wood trim and doors, things like that, but if you got furniture, that's really where this came from. Uh, so, you know, by all means, feel free to use that. You're going to find as you use it for a while that it'll start thickening up. That's just because the mineral spirits are evaporating. Add a little bit of mineral spirits to it, uh, and, and it'll be good to go and continue using it. The big caution on this, because you use the steel wool, and then you wipe everything down and clean with a clean cloth. Do not put those cloths or the steel wool into plastic bags. This combination, this material, can self-combust when you store it in a plastic bag. So just leave them out and let that stuff dry out on its own. The like I said, the mineral spirits will evaporate out of, will evaporate out of the materials. So, anyways, that's just a, a little tidbit that you can use there to keep things cleaned up. On insurance for homeowners, whether it is water leaks or a uh, sewer line leak, your homeowner's insurance, your normal insurance, covers from the slab. Anything below the slab is not covered, typically, unless you have still an old homeowner's B policy 
with an endorsement or an endorsement on your policy. The endorsement is for accidental water discharge. So if you have leaks, typically your homeowner's insurance is not going to pay for the repair of the leak itself. What it's going to pay for is access to damage caused by the leak. The repair of the leak itself falls on your shoulders. That's typically the cheap part of the, the job anyways. But again, in order to have below the slab, you got to have that endorsement, that special endorsement. That goes for foundation repair as well. And it used to be all homeowners policies were homeowners B policies. And I'm going back about 15 years now. Maybe not quite that far. Yeah, I guess it is 15 years now. Uh, homeowners B policies covered everything. They virtually went away. There's a few companies that have brought them back, but most of the companies are strictly doing it by endorsement. And if you if you are not sure if you have that endorsement, I can tell you, you probably don't. Because it is something very specific that you have to ask for. And surprisingly enough, it's not that expensive. So I, I would definitely consider looking into it when you renew your policy. Because once you have an accidental discharge, be it the sewer line or the, old, the uh, plumbing lines, the, the water lines under the slab, it's too late to get the policy. And if you live in an older home that has uh, cast iron pipes, it is well worth the investment because it's not, am I going to have a problem? It's when am I going to have the problem? I'll be out here on Texas Home Improvement. Jennifer, this is Jim. How can I help you? My question is, we bought a home and the inspector said that it's not the foundation. This is the exterior I'm talking about. It's not the ex exterior foundation that's cracking, but the layer of the visible part, the aesthetic part, is crumbling off. Okay, they, they put a skim coat on it. Yes. Okay, yeah, that's that's when they skim coat the foundation. If, if you'll right. turn the, the radio down in the background, yes. it'll, it'll help. Okay. Okay, yeah, and, and those skim coats are notorious for chipping off and peeling. Uh, it doesn't have anything to do with the structural strength. It's strictly a cosmetic. Uh, you know, you can have it redone. A lot of times a brick mason can do it for you. Okay. But basically all they do to put it on there is they mix up some new mortar. They use a, a rubber trowel to spread it on and seal it up that way. Uh, in some cases, if it looks like it's splitting, it can be that the rebar in the slab is too close to the surface. And as it gets moisture on it, it'll tend to start rusting. As, as metal rusts, it expands, so it'll crack off some of the concrete. And if that's the case, you have to chip off the loose concrete, clean up the rust, put a rust inhibitor on it, and then skim coat it again. So that's not something I could do myself? Absolutely it is. Oh, good. It, it is so nothing, nothing but elbow grease. What type of mortar? Just... <clears throat> just you know what? I'd go buy a bag of concrete. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, not not concrete, but when you go you, when you go and look at uh, where the concrete sold, like at a box store, you're yes. going to see that there's a lot of different bags there. And what you're looking for is just a mortar mix. Mortar mix. Okay, and that's I, already go got ahead. the that's got the sand and the Portland and everything already mixed into it. Okay. So all you have to do is add water and you know make it nice and thick. 
Okay. You don't want it real liquidy because otherwise it won't stay on there. So you make it somewhat thick. Before you apply it, uh, just moisten the concrete. You know, spray it down with like a, a garden sprayer. Okay. So that, it, that it's got some moisture so it's not just bone dry. And then you can just spread it on there with a rubber trowel, and that would be available at the same place where you get the mortar mix. Very good. Thank you so much. Jennifer, take care, and good luck with that. Again, our number, 214-787-1080. And i got to tell you, I get a lot of calls over that where where the, the spalding comes off. And it's expensive to hire somebody to do it. Uh, I've got a lady right now over in the Fort Worth area who who keeps wanting me to come over and, and do it and give her a price for it. But I don't do that kind of work. Uh, you know, I'm, I know I'm a foundation repair contractor and stuff, but we don't get into to doing that part of it because, like I said, typically brick masons do it. And she says, but they're so expensive. I, you know, my guys are going to be every bit as, as expensive to do it because it is pure labor. But if you want to do it yourself, it's very easy to do. The first thing you want to do is cut the grass and weed eat along there to get everything out of your way. Uh, you don't want to have to deal with you know grass getting into it while you're doing it. And in some cases, you may want to actually take a shovel and dig down along the edge to drop the mortar an, uh, uh, an inch or two below ground level so it doesn't show that that's what you did. But then anything that's loose needs to be chipped off. And you can do that with, they make uh, just little hammers that got a pick on one end. You can pick it up at, again, Ace Hardware, any box store, any any hardware store would have it. Uh, and then you go in, you mix up the, the mortar mix, and start spreading it with that rubber trowel on there. You have to keep it thick in order for it to stay on the wall. If you make it too thin, it'll just run down the wall. So you make it nice and thick, spread it on there with the rubber trowel, and one of the, the things on a rubber trowel that you need to watch, the more you turn the trowel, the rougher the finish will be. The flatter you can make the trowel to the finish that you're, you know, to the to the uh, to whatever you're putting the, the mortar mix on, the smoother the finish will come out. So you actually can control how much granules show, you know, and how it's going to look when it's done. So there's a lot of ways of doing it, but that's the that's the quick and easiest way. The other way they do it is with a splatter gun. To me, that always that does not look good. So I, I would stick with uh, doing it with the rubber trowel. Chris, how can I help you? New to Texas, and I was told that we need to water our foundation, but I don't really know what that means. How often do I have to water it per week? How long in time do I have to water? And how does that vary by season? Okay, uh, let me start with, first of all, welcome to Texas. I'm, I'm glad you got here as soon as you could, because I know there's a lot of other places to live, but there ain't no place like Texas. That's for sure. And uh, as far as watering the foundation, 100% correct. If you are in an area with the black gumbo clay soils, and let's face it, a lot of Texas is, it needs to be watered. If you're in an area where it's real sandy, and there are some spots that are that way, if it's sand or a sandy loam, which is kind of a gray-colored soil, then the watering is not as critical as long as you know that there's not the black gumbo clay below that. And really what they're talking about is the soils on the first five to seven foot uh, are, are the soils that you got to keep moist. 
And when you're in the black gumbo clay soils, it will only absorb about an eighth of an inch of water an hour. So the proper watering technique is to give it a little bit of water every single day. And that's year-round. The biggest mistake people make is they try to only do it at certain times a year. Well, it takes so long for the, for the moisture to soak way down that you're always playing catch-up. And typically what you're doing is in the winter months, you're getting ahead so that come summertime, the, the moisture is not all dissipating all at once and causing your soil or your foundation to move too fast. So a little bit of water daily. What I tell people is 15 minutes twice a day. Once at 7 in the, in the morning, once at 7 in the evening, 15 minutes twice a day. And if you need some uh, good detailed watering instructions, I want you to go to THIPro.com. And there you'll find a link to Do West Foundation Repair. And I've got a detailed written instructions on that Do West site on how to properly water a foundation and a video clip of doing it yourself, how to properly do it yourself. Because you can either hire somebody to do it or you can do it yourself. Uh, you know, obviously Do West is able to put in systems for you, but soaker hoses do a wonderful job. Keep them 12 to 18 inches away from the foundation. When you get energetic, you bury them two to eight inches down in the ground so because you lose about 20% of the water to evaporation when it's just sitting on the surface. And because it's 12 to 18 inches away from the foundation, you move it when you mow. It doesn't go back where it's supposed to go. So just bury it a little bit when you get energetic. Twice a day, 15 minutes each time. One of the key things to making it work, a pressure regulator. City pressure comes in between 50 and 80 PSI. Get a pressure reducer, drop that city pressure down to about 20 PSI, and a timer. You can get a battery-operated timer for about 50 bucks, and set it for twice a day because you're not going to go out there and turn it on and off twice a day, and do it year-round. Now, if we get into a real rainy spell, like we had that real rainy spell here the last two months, yeah, you can shut it off then for a little while, but you should have already had it back on by now. So if you're not watering yet, it's time to get those soaker hoses going 